Welcome to the Let's Be Candid podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Layla. And on this podcast, we're bringing real stories and experiences of non-monogamy. We wanted to highlight the fun side of unlearning monogamy and how liberating it can be. Or awkward or ridiculous, (laughs) but it's always an adventure. All of our stories are real, our guests are real, but their names might not be. Regardless, there's lots to learn and laugh about here. We do talk about adult experiences for adult years. So pro tip here, if you think it might be inappropriate for someone else, we do ask that you are mindful of how you choose to listen to us. And with that being said, let's hop in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Be Candid. I'm Layla. I'm Brian. And we are here. Oh, should we just fuck? I messed up. Should we just go straight into the guys? We should just go straight into the guys, right? No, we can talk for like... Should we ramble? Let's talk for, because it'll warm them up too. You know what? Let's just keep this. Let's keep this. So This whole thing? Yeah. Fuck it. Who cares? This is us being candid, y'all. This is just us being legit. Being straight up. I think I have a concussion. I I saw my my fucking webcam fell behind my computer and I went to grab it and I slammed my head on the overhead thing, laid on the floor for about two and a half minutes. And that's why I was late today. So I apologize. Yeah, it's all good. I mean, when you said you hit your head on something, I didn't know what it was. Thankfully, your your husband's actually on the call today, so he was able to explain what you hit your head on while you were on the floor <laughs> um, <laughs> and how serious this, this situation might actually be. So I'm glad that you're up now and we're still doing the episode today. We're doing it. Yeah. How are you otherwise, other than the concussion? How are you doing? No, I'm good. I know this isn't like super, you know, lifestyle related, but this is just something that's going on in my life is I am in the middle of most likely getting diagnosed with SIRS, which is chronic inflammatory response syndrome, which is basically to make a long story short, like my immune system is always fighting like, and it, it stays fighting. So I'm always sick. So you know how, like, I'm always, I get chronic sinus infections. I get like chronic, like yeast infections. I'm, I'm always sick. I'm always sick. And I have been since I was little and we never really realized what was wrong with me. And so it looks like I'm getting that diagnosis, which means that maybe soon I'll be starting to feel really, really good. And it will also help with like libido. Cause I feel like my libido is like so up and down. That's what I've been going through lifestyle related honestly i haven't really done anything i haven't been to any parties i haven't been on any dates i think i've just been focusing on health stuff so i don't know my life's been kind of boring is there a pill for it it's a lot of things it's a nose spray it's iv treatment it's pills it's diet like coming up here i'm gonna have to be doing like no sugar no gluten so i'm gonna be one of those people so that's super lame well you can be one of those people and not tell everybody you're one of those people I guess that's true. I'm not gonna. <laughs> can, can she though? Is that possible? That's the goal. Like, if if more I people feel like you have, to. I have no problem including few people if they just stop talking about it. I just want to make it my identity. <laughs> you know, I just want every- <laughs> I just want everyone to know that I yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be her yeah. new spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> my spirit animal is gluten free. Yeah, get a bunch of t-shirts that say like gluten free. Gluten free pasta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what it's a, you, it's a whole. You'll start shopping for crystals next, and I, then you'll become a shaman. And, yeah, that's the flow. I did get a crystal. I did. I got one. I, it's already begun. I have also been going through some health stuff, and it actually might lead into what what's happening. So I've been having this. I don't think I've talked about it on the call yet. I've been having excruciating lower abdomen pain post orgasm. 
Oh shit. Occasionally. Oof. Like it doesn't always happen. But it, it's been and it's like I can't walk, I can't stand up, I can't pee. And it's it's for like a solid five or ten minutes. Oh shit. Um, you should get that so checked I've, out, yeah. So I've been to the doctor. I like they ran a panel. This is not they ran a whole panel. I had to do blood work. I went to PT yesterday as a pelvic floor specialist. So this woman had to like, you know, I had to get naked and she had to touch my but they're always like, Are you comfortable with this? And my answer is always you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea how comfortable with this I am. Uh, so they have no idea what it is. I they, the the leading theories is it might be associated with the use of Viagra when it's correlated with having sex for a long time. So it might be like how long you're maintaining the erection before orgasm that's causing this like excruciating pain after pop so i even went back and forth with the hymns team about it and like they were like yeah talk to your doctor and then let us know what you want to do so there's like three doctors working on the same thing and it's so interesting because i usually use viagra when it comes to like play right if i have like there's a couple there's a couple coming over we're going to a play party whatever the case may be i have two play parties this weekend and i don't know if i'm going to use one i'm kind of scared like that the pain's pretty hefty so if you don't but, use viagra and you and you come you, that doesn't happen it doesn't happen it and i can use viagra and masturbate and it doesn't happen it, it's something like it's it's like a puzzle we're trying to figure it out um what exactly it is i think it kind of leads in because like one of the things you want to talk about with the guys today is viagra use because it becomes so common I haven't posted on the men's channel to see if anyone else has been dealing with this. It's like internal pain. Internal. So you guys, welcome to the call. Yeah, let's Sean introduce the boys. <laughs> let's introduce the boys since they've been chiming in. We have today, we have Cody, who is my husband, love of my life. And then we have Mr. Sean, which is one of our best friends in the entire world. They're both active in the Discord, active in the lifestyle. So happy to have you guys here. So glad to be Yay. here. Yes, very happy to be here. Okay, so we're talking about Viagra with with <laughs> Brian. Bless your heart. We're still gonna, really, we should still talk about it. Well, it, it's interesting because like people don't realize that at these parties, would you say most of the guys are using, whether it's Viagra or any other type of drug to kind of get their penis to be hard and stay hard? Yes. Yeah. There's a 99% chance that everyone is using Viagra or something at a party. But you didn't know that when you first I, started going to parties. I'm sure you guys were looking around going, how is this happening? I was just trying to live up to the expectations that I created in my head. <laughs> so for me, I think since I was active in the lifestyle for a little while on a smaller basis before parties, by the time I went to my first party, I I was in a habit of medicating before any smaller group circumstance. So it was just parties just going to be more of the same. So I went into my first party with medication. I'll go a little further and say that all of the people that I have personally met who didn't medicate at a party initially ended up coming to me for medication. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and they didn't finish the party unmedicated. So yeah, I would say it's incredibly common. Um, I think that the people who don't are probably at their first party and are probably naive to like the understanding of what people put in place to make sure that they can do what they want mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, or they're a penis Jedi and they've mastered <laughs> the mysteries of the universe. And if you have, please hit me up. Yeah, we got to find that person and bring them on. <laughs> There's one person I know who goes to parties with us who is, I know they take something, but then they are always hard. And it's just weird because they'll come talk to you, a guy, face to face, but they're like, fully erect and it's like it's a little weird are you talking about me no it's not you 
Are but you, that might be. I mean, if you do me? that. <laughs> well, when I take certain medicine, when I go to a party, yeah, there's, yeah, you've, has no one ever noticed that? As, <laughs> well, you're often sitting down or laying down. You're not walking around shaking people's That's hands. That's true. Right? This is true. But when I am, but when I am, but yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing though, right? I mean, you, it's like, I'd look at it like lube. It's like we, it's our lube. Oh, it's not, it's yeah, like it's not a bad need. thing at all. It's just a tool to have more fun. Do you guys ever go to parties and just not take something? And then you're like, damn, I wish I did. No? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever gone and not taken something, so. No, although I will say there was one time that, and I have no idea why this happened, but I took what I normally take, a little bit more of it. The weekend we had the house in L.A., and it fucked me up. Like, I had pretty bad blood pressure issues that Mm. night. Like, low blood pressure, head racing, heart racing. Um, it was a really rough evening for oh, me shit. and it wasn't even that crazy of an evening, but, um, you know, so, but no, I've never not taken it and wished I had, I once took it and wished I had. How much did you take that night? I took a full pill that night and normally I take just a half pill of Cialis. Is that the night that we went to Lovely Fate? No, it was the night before. Oh, okay. How many milligrams was it that you took that night? Cialis comes in, I think 25s or something. So normally I take between 10 and 15 because I just bite the pills in half. I'm a scientist, guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I took the whole. I took the whole thing. I think it was just a little too much vasodilation for me. Do you think there's you pills can... for for women that make us wetter? That's a great question. I don't think there are any peer reviewed pills, but I feel like um, there's a couple of like step above gas station pills <laughs> that you can get at like sex shops <laughs> that um, that do that do seem to that work. That make me wetter, you um, think? Or make- mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, the big one is, um, the big one that I've had personal experience with is- I thought yeah, you were looking around like it was on your a- desktop. You're like, it's a- Oh no, oh, yeah, no. No, it's such a it's such a cheesy name, but it's the pink pussycat pill. Interesting. Yeah, when my ex-partner and I were, were regularly fooling around and having experiences, like if she took one of those, it was just waterworks, like even more than- Interesting. Okay, I kind of have an off-topic question, but it's like, I am so fascinated by this. How many, what is the most, and Sean, I think I already know your answer, but boys on the call- how many times, what's the most amount of times you've ever come at a play party? At a play party? Yes. Just one time, Cody? One time. I don't think I've ever come at a play party. <gasps> and yeah, I, would, I would agree most of the time I don't until after the play party. I think that's a really important thing to talk about too, Layla, because I, I don't aim to come at a play party. I'm there to have fun. And so that makes, I don't want to come because I want to keep having fun. Yeah. Exactly. I think for me also, I don't know about you guys, I'm curious for for you, but like there's a certain amount of like emotional eye contact and stuff that's like required for me to orgasm. It actually becomes a little bit more emotional than it is physical and it's way easier without a condom. So when you add the fact that like there's so many things going on, it's not your person and you're wearing a condom, it's just like harder. It has nothing to do with people though. Wait till you hear Sean's answer. What's your answer, Sean? So the most I've come at a play party is eight times. Eight times. <laughs> Eight times. Y'all should see, see Annie's face. Right? Are you like, are you aiming to orgasm then? It's a complicated question. <laughs> um, throughout the entirety of my sexuality I've and my sexual experience, I've always been able to achieve orgasm really quickly and really easily. The trade-off for that has been I've always been able to maintain erection through it and then come again like before too long after that. 
So it's just something that I've kind of learned to make my peace with about myself. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, yeah. You make know. peace with the fact that you can just have spot, like just like over and over pleasure. Are you okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'll survive. <laughs> I've, it, it was a long right. road. Well, no, I mean, we joke, we joke about it, but there's so much caught up in American culture, Western culture, um, that really, I don't think it's overselling to say emasculates men who achieve orgasm too quickly. And so for someone like me, you know, frankly, I will frequently come within like seconds of penetration the first time in an evening. And so there was, there was a small amount of unpacking and work that I needed to do to just kind of get okay with the fact that, you know, just because this happens, it doesn't mean that sex has to end. Cause of course, sex is far more died to your point, Brian, than just penetration and orgasm. There's so much more to it, but yeah, that's a long and deep way of, um, getting back around to the fact that, yes, I've come eight times. I don't hold myself back from orgasming at parties because, again, I get to over and over and over. It's pretty great. I enjoy it. It definitely does help to have chemical support. But my unsupported maximum recently has been like five or six times. With, I think that's um, so hot. With my current partner. I want to say something because you kind of pointed out something, Brian, and now you, Sean, and, you know, going into the topic that you talked about, Western culture and emasculating, like, I think there's this underlying belief that all men are just like so physically stimulated by sex. And both of you guys just touched on the fact that like, you have like this emotional thing when it comes to coming and even you, you know, like, I think sex is so much more emotional for, you know, everybody in reality, but to narrow it down for men than, than men really like to accept, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Wait, what do you mean by that? Can you go deeper? Cause I'm so you're saying like, you think that men need more of an emotional connection than maybe what they get credit for? Yeah. Uh, Not only that, but more than society tells them is okay. Yes. Uh, I think that there is a lot more, especially in my experience and from talking to other people, there's a lot more about male sexuality that's really emotional and psychological and the societal, it's changing a little bit. But major societal tide and programming is like, you're a guy, you should be ready to go. You should want it. You mm-hmm. should, you just want sex. That's the one thing you're after, da, 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 da. And um, I'd say it is absolutely far more psychological and emotional for a lot of guys than society, again, even kind of gives us implicit permission for it to be. So here's a question. So you're at a party, right? So you're at a party and... Would you prefer to find a hot girl and just kind of, you know, have sex with her right away and then like move on to the next one? Or would you rather sit with that person, chat with them for like 10 minutes and then have sex with them? For me, it's absolutely the latter, which has been something that's been interesting to unpack. And it has changed over the year or more that I've been going to like to actual sex parties. But, you know, there have been a couple of instances where I made just kind of the snap decision, like, oh, look at her. And, you know, and she's kind of like, oh, look at him. And then, hey, let's go. And away. The last time that happened was the first time that I just like yanked the ripcord mid-coitus. and was just kind of like, I'm sorry, I lost direction. It was just like, this is done like this. So it doesn't happen often, Sean? Like, does it not happen often where you see someone and you're like, let's fucking go? Like, do you usually kind of talk? I would say... Yeah, absolutely. And I would say it doesn't really, especially after that last experience, it's something that I'm now wary of because it was, I just kind of jumped in and realized halfway through that there was no actual connection there. I think even if I'm not looking to like spend my life with this person, if there's not some degree of interpersonal chemistry and connection, what are we doing? I can masturbate at home. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'd like to chime in, you know, I agree with you. And I think that for me, that's come with like unpacking like my desires and my wants and my needs, you know, at the beginning of, well, we're like three years into this, but in the beginning, it was like, I'm going to try to have sex with as many people as I want to. And, you know, I don't know where that line was. So I just went and it was fun. There's no doubt about that. But now reflecting on it, I'm like, well, was I just trying to like prove something to myself, you know, because now, you know, the last three play parties I've gone to, I've only played with people that were my partners. And that's been you and, and one other person, you know, and I've been surrounded by people, but I just, I haven't felt that desire to just randomly put myself out there like that. So I, I'm on the same page as Sean recently, where I, I just, I need some sort of deeper connection, whatever that means. It doesn't have to be lifelong, but just uh, a spark or something. Cody and I used to find each other in the hallway in between rooms and be like, what's your number? Eight? Oh, sick. I'm five. Oh, high five. Cool. Next. Let's go. Let's keep this going. You know, like we... <laughs> it was like there was, which is funny. Cause like I, not that I need to have a connection with somebody because there's also something that's really thrilling about having sex with someone that I know nothing about and then having sex with them and then being like, oh, hi, my name's Layla. Like at the very end, like there's something that's really appealing about that for me too. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't know. Well, and I, I think one thing that might be important to point out is that like connection does not equal knowledge, which does not equal connection, Right. I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but I've walked around in the outside world and like stood in line at a grocery store behind someone. And then something happens, like the cashier says something that like taken one way is totally out of pocket. And like, they look around and they're like, what the fuck did they just say? And you're looking around like, what the fuck did they just say? And you lock eyes and there's this like moment. And I don't think that having that sort of like bald, naked, like zero knowledge interaction with someone can be devoid of connection. No, that makes sense. So another question I have, which I think was on Brian's list, but I'll ask it and Brian, you can edit it. So when women get together and we're talking about guys that we've hooked up with, we're going, oh, what was their dick like? What was the sex like? How did it feel? Do you guys get in a circle and go, oh yeah, what was her, what was her pussy like? Was her pussy tight? Is that like, what do you, what is that a conversation y'all have? One thing I want to point out about that, not point out, but address is that like, you know, before non-monogamy, when I was surrounded by guys that were talking about women in a sexual manner, it was much more geared towards that, like just their physical attributes and, and like, how were they good at this? Were they good at that? And and now in my experience in non-monogamy, when guys are talking about it, like we're talking about like, they looked really pretty. Like they, like we had a great conversation. Like our flow was really good. Like it's, it's really less directed about their private parts and more about just the experience itself. So it's been a very interesting flip. And from what I've heard and understand, it's, I almost feel like I've heard the opposite about women. Like in this space, they like really zero in on this stuff in a way that I feel like monogamous or, you know, non, non monogamous guys do. Non, non monogamy. (laughs) I'm glad you said that, Cody, because I and it and it kind of played like these two guys just talked about how they prefer a little bit more connection. And, and I also at the last few play parties have not played with anyone I didn't know. I may not have played with them before, but I've seen them at other events because I'm just more comfortable. I can maintain my erection, like it's it's more fun that way. But and then after that, we all get reduced to like what our dicks look like by the women in the space. Yeah. And it's this really <laughs> weird dynamic that I don't understand. Yeah. No, it is it switches. You know, with my wife, 
it's so weird because I'll overhear people talk about it sometimes. They'll be like, yeah, and she's so smart and funny and hot and sexy and and Brian and his cock. It's like, dude, I like everything about me was ignored and reduced. Like, I'm not funny or anything like that. It's just my dick. No, you're just a good dick, dude. <laughs> but no, I've never, and I've had so like Cody and Sean, I love that you're here today. And I've had so many great convos with both of you. And none of the deep convos we've had have ever involved talking about a woman and their body parts. Not once. Even if we were, what do they call it? Eskimo brothers? Yep. Even if we are Eskimo, yeah. like, it's never been like, yeah, and she's so good in bed. Like it just has not, it doesn't come up amongst, and I can, you can replace these two guys with 10 other guys that we know. And the, the same thing would be the answer. That's so interesting. Well, what's funny is I went to a bachelor party, like how long ago was that? Like within the last six months or so. I'm hanging around all these guys. You know, I've been to parties with them. Like I, I know what they do at parties. They are not purely, but they are hedonistic guys, you know, and we're all sitting there talking about these girls and they're like, isn't she so great? You know, like this woman, like, you know, like we're talking about them about being at a play party, but we're not talking about the play at all. We're just talking. I remember I texted you. I was like, you wouldn't believe the things that guys are saying right now. And it's not derogatory at all. Like I'm kind of blown away that these guys are having the conversation they're having. It was the first time I was like, wow, this is pretty incredible. You know, that's wild. And I think back about like the times I've had conversations with other guys that have been explicitly about the act of having sex with a woman. It's, it's all focused on how she was before, during, and after, how she navigated that encounter and, and how it made like me or the guy I'm talking to feel as opposed to, yeah, and then, you know, and then she went down on me and she did this, 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 and this, and it was incredible or whatever it was. It was all, it's all, she said this thing and that really did something for me and that's something I didn't know about myself or it was just so cool to be with someone who knew exactly what she wanted or whatever it was even when it's discussing like the actual act of having sex, the physical parameters are just immaterial. And myself and all the other guys I've talked to, it's really about who this person is. I'm curious, Layla, and I, w- I want to flip this on you for, for a moment. Is that a letdown? No. That we're not talking about? Like, are women hoping that we are talking about like whose pussy's wet and whose pussy's tight and like who deep throats the best? Like, were you all hoping that Cause like, do you, are you, are women looking for more positive reinforcement around things like that, that we just aren't speaking into? A little bit, maybe now that you put it that way, because I, like I've discussed before, like I pride myself in sucking dick really, really well. So what I imagine is like, I saw a photo a couple of weeks ago and it was probably like six to eight guys and they were all playing poker together. It was like on their Instagram story and I had sucked all of their dicks at one point in time over the three years, right? Like I was like, oh, that's wild. Like they all, they're all friends. They all know each other. And I, in my fantasy, I imagine they're like, has Layla ever sucked your dick? And they all go, oh my God, yeah, she was amazing. Oh yeah, you too? Oh yeah, she does this, she does. So like a part of me definitely wants that to happen. I think that's so much easier for me to be like, I can control that. Whereas if you're talking about my personality and you're talking about something that's a little bit deeper, it kind of makes me go, I don't know. It's, it makes me a little bit more self-conscious, I guess, because I, and maybe that's just like my own insecurities that just about me as a person. But I, uh, I just don't believe you guys. Honestly, you guys don't sit around and go, she gave a great blowjob. To be a hundred percent honest, while you're figuring out your concussion shit earlier, Sean, Cody, and I 
we're talking about private equity acquisitions. That's like, no, we were going to get on this call and we knew we were going to talk about sex and we were having in-depth conversation about private equity acquisitions. We were not talking about sex at all. We hadn't even said hi to each other yet. (laughs) It was just like, but we could, we could, I think like we could say it to you as a person, like, Hey, Layla, I love the way you do this. I don't think we do that with each other though. That's the message for the women out there. I'm baffled. I'm baffled. Annie, you want to say something? Yeah, it makes me really curious because from the women's side, it's so much of like this sexual liberation, right? And that's probably why we've talked about dicks and like sex and how physically it feels within our body because it's something that has been repressed in our normal society. So I'm wondering if that's also like, this is male liberation in that like, you've been so pressured your whole life just to talk about, oh, I get so much pussy or whatever, you know? I think yes. And I think it's not an oppositional thing or a trading spaces thing. I think it really is about the repression for women in America. Like there's an immense amount of sexual repression that you all go through and you have to you know, overcome or not. And for men, it's emotional repression, right? We're taught not to be present to our emotions. We're taught not to pay attention to how things make us feel. So I don't think it's necessarily like kind of a backlash against the hyper-masculine, like, oh, have a bunch of sex, fuck a bunch of people. I do think it is backlash against the don't have feelings. That's my take. And I think that was really astute, Annie. I just think that culturally we're not, who this might be a landmine. Let's just go there. I just don't think we're brought up culturally to like gossip as much. Like on the playground as kids, it's like, go play kickball, go play dodgeball, go compete. And so what's driven into us is like, go, go compete, go compete, go compete. And while we're competing in elementary school, oftentimes the girls, the little girls are like off talking or like arts and crafts and stuff. And they're talking about stuff. And so I think naturally as we grow up, guys go to competition and then women go to discussion. And so I think it makes sense. Like even in college, if I slept with someone, I would expect that her friends would ask her about my dick within the first week. And most often that's what was happening. My friends were never asking about that because we were talking about sports and we were focused on like the competitive stuff in our lives. And now we have fantasy. And so I think that's a big part of it. Like when we were linking up, we're just not as predisposed to that, to that background gossip conversation. I'm using the word gossip, but it's just like, you can replace that with discourse and stuff. But when you are talking about someone else's body parts, it is gossip. It's like the tea, you know? Were you guys talking about before you were in the non-monogamy field, you're hanging out with friends, monogamous friends. Would you say that that's sh- like shifted, that that's changed? Like, were you talking more about the surface stuff with your old friends, perhaps, and then your non-monogamous friends, it's a little bit deeper. Does that ring true? Mm-hmm. It does, really. Yeah. I see Cody Same. shaking his head, yes. Same. And I've carried that into like my old friendship groups, too, that I still have with. You know, I feel like what I've gained in this lifestyle in this new chapter of my life, I've kind of brought to some of my old relationships too. And I think because of that, they've, they've gotten a little bit deeper as well. Not them as people, but just our conversations. How old are you, Cody? I'm 32. And Sean? I'm 33. Okay. I'm 36. I just wanted to put that out there too, Layla, that like we're guys in our thirties that have two of us have children. Right. And like in my twenties, when it was about conquest and we were going out with my buddies to the bar, trying to like pull a girl and take her home the conversation was probably a little different mm-hmm. with our and like and our our monogamous friends that are still in the same age group have also been evolving just with you know in their own monogamous ways mm-hmm. um 
So in my 20s, though, it was definitely about conquest. But even then, it wasn't like, and her head game's amazing. Oh, okay. It might be like, she's got a fat ass. I would actually say that. It would, we'd, we would, for like, Sean's laughing. There was this thing where, maybe it's like when we grew up in, like the hip hop age we grew up in was all about fat ass. <laughs> They're like, mm. they don't want to say anything now. They're like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm. that is true. That <laughs> is true. I do love a fat ass. He loves a fat ass. You got to, right? Like, I mean, there there has to be physical attraction there. You know, as I think about it a little more and like as you talk about the fat ass, right, from the 20s, Brian, <laughs> I do think something for me has been, you know, through the lifestyle, I've come to realize that, in fact, most most women have human bodies, right? In fact, under their clothes, like everyone has these things and they're all unique. I think that might be a part of it too is like, I got married in my 20s. I had been with that person since I was 16. And we separated just about a year ago. So until non-monogamy, I hadn't had much experience with other people. And I think through a lot of play with other folks and just sharing these spaces of group sexuality and group nudity, it also, to me, I think there became just less of an emphasis on the body. Because like, yeah, the ass may be fat. And there are millions of people with an ass that's fatter and millions of people with, you know, maybe not quite that much there. And they're all people. They're all wonderful. And what's really differentiating there is beyond the physical. And I think that's something that's really changed for me okay. since my 20s and moving into my Sean, 30s. Sean, I have a question. Well, I guess it's for all y'all. <clears throat> Say you have your perfect type, perfect body, perfect face. She's so fucking hot. She turns you on but her personality is pretty lame. But then you have someone who's average, but her personality is amazing. Who, which one are you going towards at the party? You know, frankly, from, you know, there have been multiple instances for me that I've experienced where there's been someone who has been absolutely to a T of the type and there's just no connection there. And then there have been people who are not so much the type. And I felt just like absolutely lit on fire because of the interpersonal connection, even in the span of, um, there was one instance at a party where I spent like 10 or 15 minutes talking to someone and she was wonderful and we really hit it off. And um, we ended up having probably the best sexual experience I've ever had at a play oh, party. Wow. You know, and we went into that interaction, like it was toward the end of the night. She explicitly said she didn't think she was going to play anymore. I was like, that's cool. Me either. And it just kind of, you know, for that evening and it just kind of went and it was absolute fireworks. And if you asked me like to describe my type and then did this person line up with that, she was very attractive, but categorically mm -hmm. no. But the interpersonal connection was there and very powerful. Cool. I think for me, there's sort of a, a bare minimum. That's not even the right way of putting it. But there is like there's a degree of attractiveness above which it really is just all about who they are and how they hit me on an energetic and psychological level that dictates how attractive I'm going to find them. And someone could be, you know, model levels of attractiveness with an absolute stinker of a personality. They're very rapidly not going to be attractive to me. Okay. What about you boys? You know, he said it beautifully, as Sean always does. Yeah, I would agree. There's been, I, I mentioned the last three play parties that I've gone to where I didn't play with anyone that I wasn't already my partner. And it, it wasn't because there weren't people there that I, like, there was people there that were very attractive. I, you know, I saw them, I looked at them, I watched them walk by, but... It just doesn't speak to me right now in terms of activating 
my comfortability with wanting to engage in a sexual encounter. Like I would rather, you know, we've talked about losing our boners and the loss of sensation with condoms and all that. I would much rather, I want to feel safe at this point, you know? So I would much rather engage with someone where I felt like if things get wonky or weird, like it's going to still be a really great experience as opposed to someone that's just so hot and their personality is kind of garbage. I'm going to assume that like if things go wonky, it's not going to be that great of an experience for me. And it might even hit like my self-confidence and that's not what I'm looking for right now. I'm trying to build myself up. So I'd rather do it with someone I have like a deep connection with or, you know, a sparked connection with however you want to phrase that. It's interesting. I, I'm trying to, my goal is to meet new people at the next upcoming parties I go to. I want to try like, hey, get back out there and meet new people. But there's been this thing for me where it's like, if I don't think you know my name, I'm not really that interested. <laughs> and there's some people where like, I've hung around them enough that but I've never heard my name come out of their mouth when I talk to them. And it's like, they're attractive and stuff, but I just don't think they're like really trying. From that standpoint, I'm like, nah, it's not good. I'll move on. It's an interesting question. Like, is that is that again, opposite of what you ladies generally think about us? Yeah, and I also don't super believe you guys. Not that I don't, <laughs> not that I don't, <laughs> not that I don't believe that like you guys want a deeper connection. I believe everything. I believe that that's what you believe, right? But I don't think, I, I don't think wow. no listen if a 10 comes up to you a 10 and you're like holy shit and she comes up to you and so does this five who is like i have a great personality but i'm a five i think you guys would we'll, go for the we'll, 10 i think on, you guys are kind on. of full of shit a little bit but back I up back I up Layla. That you believe that there <laughs> let's just be honest the parties we're going to there aren't any fives I guess. True. I yeah. There aren't any fives. So really, you're talking about the difference between a 10 and an 8. That's different. That's important for the listeners to know. You're not talking about a 10 versus a 5. You're talking about a 10 and an 8. Okay. You know, generally. Or a 7 and a, a, seven and a 9. And, you know, so that 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 is different. But I'd like to put we're it to the also, test. I don't believe you. You know what? Fine, Layla. At the next party, throw a bunch of 10s at us. And, <laughs> and yeah, and see what we do. Recruit yeah, scrape up a whole bunch of really Show boring 10s. Yeah, boring. Yeah. yeah, they have to be boring. Yeah, boring, no yeah. personality, bad teeth. Send them over to Bigoted. us. Bigoted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have another Bigoted, kind yeah. of like uh, landmine kind of question, but I think it's true. So do you think that people in the non-monogamous field cheat less on their partners than people that are monogamous? Damn, what a question. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking back at my old friends, and they are all, and I've said this before, they're all cheating on their wives. They're all getting hookers at fucking bachelor parties. They're all doing shit on the job. I know too much. Are people in the non-monogamy field, are they doing that? And why don't you think that they are? I think that people cheat less, but I think what's really important, especially for anybody out there who's like thinking about non-monogamy or imagining what it could do for them, it's really important to understand you can absolutely still cheat in non-monogamy. And my gut feeling is I do think it happens less because there's a much broader like swath of behavior that's considered cheating in monogamy, right? And so in non-monogamy, if you can go to your partner and honestly and vulnerably say like, hey, this is what I want and talk it through and come to agreements and understand how you can move through it and go about it, there's very little in non-monogamy that's actually off limits. And so I think the cheating in non-monogamy is, my gut feeling is restricted to folks for whom the cheating, like the thrill is what they're mm. after, right? And the secrecy. And I think those people are going to cheat no matter what their relationship structure mm. is. But if you look at cheating and monogamy, if you take two people, 
that if they would just have the conversation would be okay with having other partners and they don't have that conversation because they don't think they can, well, that's cheating when they go and pursue it. That's cheating when they go and even have a significant emotional intimacy and connections that's not discussed and within the bounds of the relationship. You know, emotional affairs. That's my take. Yeah. I think it happens more in monogamy. I think you're right. I think the focus on what cheating is becomes like more, more fine. It, and I think part of that is because of communication, you know, I think a lot of communication and not to generalize all monogamous relationships, but a lot of them lack certain communication about those things. Whereas in non-monogamy, when you're entering into it, it's like, you're like, what are our boundaries? What are our rules? What are our agreements? Like, let's really, it puts a focus on understanding what is okay and what isn't okay in an intentional way. Whereas at least from what I've experienced from other friends and monogamous relationships, it's kind of like, well, don't look at porn or you can't go to strip clubs. And those are just like statements. Those are just rules. Those aren't like agreed upon things. So we're in a lot of these relationships, they aren't agreements because no one's agreeing to it. One person is saying, I don't like this. And the other person is like, well, I, I do like that, you know? And so there's like a lot of friction without the communication and understanding that I think non-monogamy requires in a lot, in most cases. I think there's way less cheating. I think there's way more accountability in the space, right? Like, and then you start networking and people get to know you. So like your chances of getting caught cheating go up. Like if you get caught cheating in this space, I think you lose your partner and you end up losing a lot of your friends. So I think mm -hmm. because yeah. of that, there's a lot less. I read a stat. It was on, um, I'm just going to throw some data out there for all my data nerds out there. Give it to us. This Daddy. was <laughs> on, this was from the New York Post. July 14th, 2023, said that on Tinder, 65.3% of users reported being in a relationship or worse married. <gasps> so then if like on Tinder, 65.3% of people are married. It didn't say men, by the way, is that of people. When I look at apps that are in the space, whether it be like Candid or Field or 3Fun, most people in relationships are linked with their partner or they're going to play parties with their partner. And so because of that, I would think that there's less cheating in the non-monogamy space. Yeah. No, I just asked because like, I just feel like it sounds like most people are cheating yep. in monogamy. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I- It's like 80%. That's wild. 80%. That's fucking wild. Yeah, because if you're going to cheat in non-monogamy, you're just an asshole because- Honestly, you're if you're allowed to do so many more things that a monogamous person is allowed to do, then like you said, Sean, like you're doing it for the thrill. You don't really care who you hurt along the way. That's fucked up. What's more important to you? See, I just think the questions that I had after having these conversations is literally bullshit. My next question was what was written down is like ass or tits. And you guys are like, oh, I like deep, I like deep emotional connections. Before ah. you get into that though, Layla, I do I do want to lead into something. So like, all right, so this cheating thing. So there's there's an app that came, and I'm actually I want to ask you guys about this. There's an app that came out. I won't say what it is, but basically the app's premise is that. Any woman can get on this app, but to be a guy and to get on the app, you have to be vouched for by a woman. Again, women can get on there whenever they want, but as a guy, you have to be vouched for by a woman. And in my mind, I was like, it's basically saying the problem with online dating is guys. But I'm, I'm curious, like from a guy's perspective, when you hear that, like, what, what do you think about an app like that? Would you want to join it? Do you have resistance to it? Are you like, hey, that's great? What, what comes up for you? It's funny, I was actually talking with Catherine about this very app and then a different, like a slightly different a concept partner, the other day. Yeah. Yes, my, yeah, my primary partner currently, Catherine. And 
I think it's it's hearts in the right place. I think that's a really interesting point you bring up, Brian, about that kind of insinuating that the problem with online dating is guys. And I'll be honest, I kind of reading between the lines of the people who have been responding to me on dating apps over the past year or two, and then paying attention to the women in my lives and the experiences they're having on dating apps and finding male partners. I don't know that that's really an unfair place to start (laughs) based on all of the information I have at my disposal. I do think it would be really great to see a dating app where, where there is some sort of like honest, anonymized community feedback. Maybe to get on, you do have to be endorsed by someone, whether you're a man or a woman or however you identify, like you need to be endorsed. Catherine's take was maybe you should have a letter from a licensed therapist <laughs> to, to be allowed like on this far, imaginary app. This. On both sides, that. right? Like, I love it. Yeah, exactly. For everybody, right? Everybody's got to be in therapy to be on this app. <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, right? Like imagine. But yeah, I, you know, I just think that even as I've occasionally like dated women who were historically monogamous, I've always been upfront about who I am, what I do, where I'm at. And they've universally really appreciated the candor and the honesty and the openness. And they've returned it in kind. If I had to count up how many men were supposedly like relationship anarchists or unpartnered or blah, 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 that have a wife or a living girlfriend that were talking to women I've known, I would run out of fingers, mm-hmm. right? So I do think there's something to the like just the realities of men in the dating pool being a little shittier than women taken as a whole in my experience Cody what do you think entering the space really opened my eyes to the way men were entering this not just this space no not this space at all but just like the single dating space where I didn't really have any experience on any dating apps so like you know I was kind of just living in this fantasy land of like yeah men aren't that bad and blah 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 you know but I because we've been together longer than dating apps even existed like when we when we got together tinder and bumble didn't exist yeah or they were just like just popping off you know we kind of bypassed that but you know I've seen your experience I've seen other partners experience and just other female friends experience and like I'm like wow, it's, it's pretty shocking the things they'll say. And, and to take it a step further, I used to follow the, the subreddit Tinder and the things you see on there are pretty outlandish too. But, but that brings up another thing is that there's kind of like a, a response to that called the female dating strategy. And I don't know if you've seen that on Reddit, but it is, it's just toxic femininity in a, in a dating scenario. It's, it's pretty awful to see, but that doesn't mean the opposite isn't awful as well. You know, it's a, it's weird. It's weird. It's a weird world out there on the online dating. So to answer your question, I would be inclined to, to hop on that because, you know, there would I imagine that the woman on there would be expecting, right, that that more of the men are going to be approaching them in a less aggressive, less forwardly sexual way and in more of an open and honest, vulnerable way. And that might in the end play out better for me. So I'd be more inclined to do that. Although, like Sean said, I do think it is a little unfair in certain ways. Uh, I also understand why it's being approached in that in that format as well. So I would hop on. What do you think, Brian? I feel like you think that that shouldn't there shouldn't be a double standard. Am I right in thinking that you think that? Yeah, I think anytime there's a double standard, it ends up failing or causing tension. So this happens on Bumble, right, where the woman's expected to start the message. And as a guy, if you're on Bumble, you start receiving messages. The messages are like, "Hi, hey." 
smiley face emoji. Like there's zero effort behind any of the messages. But then when we are expected to send the first message, women are like, try harder, be more creative, make me laugh. It's like, okay. But when it's your turn to go first, I get like, you know, thumbs up emoji, wink emoji, you know? And so anytime where there's these, these double standards, I think that it gets a little weird. I also think there's some misperceptions on both sides. I, I'll just leave it at that. I think what happens is that like app, like culture ends up on the apps. It's not like the apps are the problem. It's like the culture ends up on the apps. Culture ends up on the platforms. And so it's a cultural issue. So then we always like, there's a lot of pressure on tech to solve like a cultural problem. And and, see my mindset when I'm on Bumble and this, you're going to, I think you're going to hate this, Brian. When I'm on Bumble, I totally do that. I totally go. Or what I say is, Hi, Mike. Nice to meet you. Smiley face. And I send that because in my head, it's a fucking honor to talk to me because I get thousands, thousands of people that want to match with me. Whereas men might get, I don't know, definitely not as many as I'm getting. So if I'm matching with you, it's a fucking honor. And that's culture. And I think that's the problem. You think it's a problem? Because a guy, because a guy who says that you're like, no, kick him off the app. He's arrogant. He's an, he's an asshole. He's full of himself. But like you just said it worse than most of those guys would say it. <laughs> well, okay. So what do you, how do you respond when I'm saying I'm getting 5,000 people that want to talk to me and you guys are getting 10? I don't have time to scroll through everyone's profile and be like, come up with something. Like, I don't know. Like I have so many people that want to match with me. Naturally, I'm going to think, what, what, what? That's not their problem. That's your problem. How would they know that? Uh, I don't know. There's this thing where like what got, now you're getting, man, you're getting juicy just when we're running out of time. But I think that as a guy, <laughs> as a guy, the last thing I want to do is, is like make up to you some shit some other guy did wrong. So like if some other guy sent you a message that pissed you off or some other guy took you on a date to this place and it sucked, like there was this thing that went around recently that was like the 40 worst places you should never take a first date, right? And so it made this whole list up. And it's like people have had bad experiences at Dave and Buster's. I don't give a shit. I didn't do that though. That had nothing to do with me. And so now you're putting it on me to stand, like to try to stand out. Like I am a great guy in my own right. I'm, I'm in great shape. I'm educated. I have a lot of great friends. I did Invisalign, right? Like, I, like why do <laughs> yeah, I have to did. do more right now to prove to you, to prove to you in this moment that I'm worthy of your time? So for me, I'm like, no, fuck you, fuck it, you know? But that's just me. That's what dating is about, kind of, is like proving yourself, right? And in those moments, like you described, Layla, you're basically saying, I don't have to prove myself, you prove yourself. And the guys that are approaching it just like, hey, come over here and give me head on the first message. Like they don't want to have to prove themselves either. So we're getting this like dichotomy of what is the point of dating? Is it to prove yourself or is it to just talk to people and figure out if there's a connection there? Okay, so then I think for that guy, right? So I think both sides are responsible for the world that's been created now. Because in that guy, he's like, well, instead of trying to prove myself to all these women, I'm just going to send this like really weak text that says, like, hey, you want to hang out right now? I'm going to send it out 100 times and maybe one person will say yes. And I don't give a shit that I damaged the other 99. Because they wanted me to prove myself anyway. So like, I, I think it's like on both ends, like if we could just talk to each other like humans, but we're bringing culture to the app. It's the same culture that's like, I don't want to wait in line. Like, let all the guys wait in line. Me and my girls are going to walk to the front. We're going to get in immediately. It's like that ends up on the app. 
man, Layla, you lit me up right now because I'm like almost pissed. Like I, my, my jaw's like locked up. I'm your worst nightmare on these apps, Brian. I am. I know, but I just hate how like, I hate when people don't take responsibility for them driving that. Sure. I take responsibility for yeah. it, but I still think that I'm better than most of the men on these apps. Sorry. I just think I am. I just think in, in, in the dating space, I think that mo- and you have to remember the types of men that I'm matching with on Bumble. I think we can all agree that I'm better than most of these single guys in their 30s floating around L.A. right now. And so if that's the case, Layla, my question for you would be like, if you're better than most of these 5000 guys, then why are you not just like taking a two minute once over and just, you know, off they go, delete them, delete them, delete them. And then when you finally get to a guy who you're like, oh, shit, he's hot and he has some actual hobbies. And look at that picture with all of his friends. He has a bunch of friends. Maybe I do want to message this guy. Then maybe like. It seems like maybe what you're driving at was just like being a lot more discerning. And then when you do find someone you want to send a message to, like actually, you know, lead off with something that's hardcore. You're totally right. When I find someone that actually has a decent profile, which is not often, by the way, I find someone that has a decent profile. I will be a little bit more engaging. I will ask some questions about the picture. They, they've they given me ammunition to be like, I like, here's. Right. A good conversation. That's not most of the profiles. Most of the profiles are so lame that that's why I'm like, if you're going to give me nothing, then I, right. then hello, how are you? And I think that is like, we should have, ironically on this podcast, we've never had a debate about dating apps and we're overdue. We're overdue for that. I, and I think that we, I, and I think that profile? we should, it could be our next thing. Like, you know, what makes a good profile? Like the, the issue with dating apps like from our own experience being on so many, I think is is a conversation that's worth having, Layla. Because yeah, I don't I think, think it, it is because part of it is like, why are you seeing those profiles in the first place? And like what is the business behind it that is making them show you all these profiles that don't really have a chance? Right. So but I want to be mindful of time. Guys, you've been great. Fine. I want to Layla, talk to you I know, I know there's so many questions you have. I know, I have so much more. Can we do a part job, two? Jobs someday? to get back to. Um yeah, I would love to. Cody, do how did you, you do that, right Cody? Now, right? I have no idea what just yeah. happened, but that was incredible. Cody, yeah, out of nowhere, his video up. had had balloons just surrounding him, and he has no idea how that happened. I'm like, well, I don't know if anyone happen? caught it, but earlier when he was doing the heart, like it sent out a bunch of hearts from it. Yeah, I don't. So I have no idea. <gasps> what? Yeah, see, like that. What is happening? Yeah, right. It's not what the happening fuck on our side. There it is. Ah, you have an update. How okay. fun! He's That's got like an iPhone 37, and magic. it's just like in the future. I'm always raving. Uh, it doesn't matter where I am. I'm always raving. So there psycho. you go. There Thank you guys so much for being here. I we we adore you guys so much. You guys have added so much value to to the Discord to our lives. It truly has been an honor. Love you guys so much. We will have a, based off this, thank you guys, we will have a debate about dating apps. If anyone wants to be on that call because you have a really strong opinion, let us know. We'll bring you on. We'll have a little panel where we just get to argue about dating apps. I'm just apps. trying to fight. And what the art, what the art, what the, I think it's worth having a debate. You know, maybe we'll find <laughs> something new that comes out of it. But let's wrap it up there. Hopefully see you guys at a play party soon. We are chained to the name. And uh, the next time we intro, we will use a new name for the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, Until we see you next time, have some fun, meet some new friends, try something new or somebody new. Ooh, 